Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, that's better than 9.30. It's because you guys are awake. <laughs> that's good. Well, good morning. Uh, you know, if you're watching in LaGrange, good morning. I hope you're having a great weekend and online. Fantastic. It's good to see all of you here in the Noonan campus. Um, it's going to be a great day. Um, we start a new series. And this new series is called Love God, Love Others. I should be able to walk off the stage. I teased Ben Hosey. Ben Hosey told me about a pastor that did that once. Said the Holy Spirit just couldn't let him get his notes out. And he, he literally said, love God, love others. Dropped the mic and left. But what's cool is that revival broke out. Because people started praying for people. People started actually like, the room got filled with the Holy Spirit. And come on, we need that. And so we're going to start a little different. You're like, oh boy, because I didn't do this first service. But here's what I want. See, I sense that there's some brokenness and just some things going on in the room today that are just kind of, it's just kind of heavy. I do believe the Holy Spirit's here because he, he is where two or more gathered in his name. But today, I, I, I just know that there's some people going through some tough times today. There's some people that feel broken. And so before we begin, if we can, I'm just going to ask everyone to bow their heads, close your eyes, and and just kind of get in the mode of, God, just come and meet us here. Now, guess what? You may sense, hey, I need to go and pray with someone. You know what? No one's looking around. Go do it. Let's be the church. So if you feel like you need to go pray or, or put your hands on someone, that's okay. Go do it right now because we're going to have time, even in LaGrange. Online, if you're watching on, in the car, that's not going to be good. But just pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I'll close this. But if you sense you need to go pray with someone, go do that right now. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Father, I pray that uh, as I stand up here today, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth will be you. Nothing more. Father, I pray for the people in the room tonight or today that are dealing with, with junk. For those in LaGrange or watching online that feel broken and helpless. Father, I pray that your spirit would just be with them right now. That your spirit would just move in this place. Father, I just pray that you would guide us and lead us. I pray that you would remove all distractions. I pray that we would see your vision for our life as just loving you and loving other people. God, you were good. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. You know, like I said, we're starting a new series called Love God, Love Others. I, I love it. It seems simple, right? But not easy. The simple part is loving God, I think. Like, and, and someone would like look at me and go, oh, what? Now, I, I'm saying that loving God, we can do, like I can do pretty easy, okay? 
Like the loving God part is, is okay. Like even if he puts me in this uncomfortable position or removes me from the comfort zone, I can get back to loving God kind of easy. Like this is, I, I love God. But it's the people side of the equation. And you're like, you're supposed to be a pastor. It's the love others side of the equation that I fail at a lot. I fail at it. And, and I failed at it miserably when I first uh, got into ministry. I failed at the loving others part. I remember one time, and, and I'm going to get real transparent. That's kind of, that's what people know me as. I say things, I speak things. My language is not always the best. Uh-oh, I'm a pastor. Forgive me. But I'm just saying, here's the thing, is that I feel like God has changed me. And he continually works on me. So as I share this story, understand that it was 14, 15 years ago. I had a couple coffee shops when I first got into ministry. And, and, and if you know anything about me, you know I love coffee. Starbucks is not coffee. It's dirt. All right, so for you that love Starbucks, I'm just saying, sorry. But I, I had a couple coffee shops, and, and my wife had come into the store one day, and, and she was talking to one of my employees and just kind of, you know, doing what my wife does well, just building relationships. And, and, and as she went on in this conversation, my wife mentioned that I was a pastor, And then mentioning that I was a pastor, she saw the look on that employee's face. Say what? <laughs> what? He's a what? You see, I had gotten really good being the pastor on Sundays. And not real good at loving other people. Monday through Saturday. And for her to question if I was a pastor or not. Whew. Let me tell you what my wife's really good at. Calling it out. She was hurt. She was broken. I hadn't done anything dumb, stupid, or crazy. I just was mean. And, and she came home and she said, hey, you've got a problem. I'm not real sure Pastor and Cameron go in the same sentence. You may need to think about who you are. And I was like, oh. It's my wife saying that to me. Oh. And so what it's done is just taken me on a journey. Of, of, of man I gotta love God but his vision for me is not to just love God it's to love other people even when it's uncomfortable even when it's not in your blood to just be personable and love people do you hear what I'm saying 
It's not easy for all of us to be real comfortable with loving people. I mean, think about it. You drop, you drop, uh, you drop little Sally off in, in the kindergarten room the first couple of weeks, and, and every, every week, it's like the PTO president comes and says, would you like to do me a favor and volunteer for us? And you're like, no, I got three or four other kids at home. I got cheerleading practice. I got all this. I do not have time. And then the fifth week of school, she comes and you know she's about to ask you a favor and you're like, nope. And you're out the door. Or the helicopter dad out at practice thinks his three foot one son should be the point guard or the forward or the center or just be on basketball team. You three foot one. You short. You mean to, you, you need to go play golf. <laughs> like that's Briggs' life right there. If you know my little son, he's gonna be short. But he comes up to you, and you know this is the fifth time he's come up to you. It's driving you nuts. And so you blow the whistle and you say, down on the under the court. We've got sprints as you're sprinting down just to get away from him because it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Or you know God's calling you to go on a mission trip or do something outside the box. Get outside your comfort zone. You know that it's going to change the way your family does things. And so you just keep pushing back because it's uncomfortable. It's on the other side of the tracks. It takes us away from what we know. No, I'm good. But I love you, God. I just, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. It's uncomfortable. But you see, that's not what God has called us to. God has called us to love him and to love others. 1 John 4.19 says it very plainly. We love because he first loved us. Key phrase there. We can love other people because of how he loved us first. If you struggle with loving other people, you may need to look at your relationship with God. You may need to take a step back and go, oh, how am I doing? Because he says, we love because he first loved us. You have to understand, he first loved us by sending his one and only son to die for us. Yes, he was raised three days later, but he went through a brutal amount of pain and agony so that we can have life and love other people. Sacrificial love. It goes on to say, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. That's pretty strong language. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's kind of tough. I can love God. I haven't ever seen him, but I sure don't like you. Well, I'm getting real. I can see it on your faces. I'm glad we prayed before this. I can love God. 
whom I haven't seen. We've got to be able to love people who we see every day. It goes on to say, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. Whoever loves God must love his brother, even when it's uncomfortable, even when you're annoyed, even when it's, it's just out of your comfort zone. Are we willing to love God and love others? As I was reading and preparing for this, God had already kind of taken me into Acts. I actually told some people um, last week after I got done preaching, I was like, I know what God's going to tell me to preach on. It's not going to be comfortable. Because he had already taken me there kind of that morning. It was on Stephen. And you can find Stephen's story in Acts 6 all the way through uh, Acts 8. Stephen was the first martyr for Christianity after Jesus had been crucified. And, and Stephen did that by loving God and loving others. But Stephen was an incredible man. Stephen's life had been changed by Jesus. Now, Stephen wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He wasn't one of the 12. However, as the church, after Jesus had been crucified, right, and the 12 apostles go out, the church starts. It started with 12 men taking the church and, and, and just sharing Jesus, and they were performing miracles, and the church exploded by thousands. But like any large church, there's friction, <laughs> and, and there's this rub, right, and And this church was made up of just a bunch of different people. It was made up of Hebrew-speaking Jews who had accepted Jesus and become Christians. It was made up of those, uh, the Greek-speaking Jews who had been from all over, who had gotten um, persecuted a while back, and now they're coming back. And so if you know anything about it and you can study it on your own, I I highly, highly encourage you to do so. Because you had these Hebrew-speaking Jews over here who were like, hey, we're God's chosen people. We have experience. We know what to say. We're God's chosen. And then you have the Greek-speaking Jews who's, who, who they spoke a different language and, and they just, hey, we love God and, and here's who we are. And in the early church, the Christian church had adopted um, uh, a form of taking care and meeting needs uh, from the Jewish, from a synagogue, okay? And, and they adopted this. They would take up a basket, much like we do now in, in the giving. And, and what would happen is they would collect everything. They would collect money. They would collect all these things. And then it would get dispersed for about seven days. If you had a need, they would come and say, here's food for seven days. If you needed clothing, they would say, hey, here's clothing. They just really brought everything into the storehouse. And then the second form of taking care of people is kind of like what we do. They, they would go around home to home and, and ask, hey, do you have anything we can do? do you, hey, do you, have, do, you, do you have anything you can give? And, and people would just give, and then it would get dispersed for the month. And so, as you can tell, some of these Hebrew-speaking Jews were like, they kind of took advantage of that a little bit, like, hey, we're, we're God's chosen people. We're taking, we're taking some of that giving. And the Greek-speaking Jews were like, hey, our, our, our widows and our orphans, they're, they're lacking here. We need some help. And so they went to the apostles, and the apostles were like, whoa, 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 stop. Hey, we are called to, to preach and to pray. 
We need to set up a leadership program. So let's pick seven people. And so they pick seven people. Now, the unique thing, and and if you study it, these seven people were not called to speak at first. They were called to serve. The leadership team was called to serve. Not speak, not not say, hey, this is how the church... No, it was just called to, to serve. And Stephen was chosen. And so that's who we're going to talk about today. Stephen was chosen. It says he was... And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, come on. He was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And he started right away. Now his story picks up where we'll pick up in Acts 6, 8. And and it's going to be kind of long, but I want to read it because I think it's important for you to hear just kind of who he was a little bit. In Acts 6, 8, it it says this. Now remember, he's been doing this, and, and so he just gets started right away. He's serving people, but he's also a very gifted communicator. He also is full of the Holy Spirit, so he's able to perform miracles. He's able to do some certain things. So just listen to who he is. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and the Syrians and the Alexandrians, and of those from Sicily and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Whoo! Can people say that about you when you're on the hot seat? That your face shone like an angel. Shone like an angel, sorry. Told you my language wasn't very good. His face shone like an angel. This man was Jesus to these religious elite who were going after him. He loved God enough and to stand not only in the face of those men And say, this is who my God is. This is who Jesus is. He loved them enough. But he also had the humility to shine like an angel. That should teach us something right there. That when we love God with everything we have, it impacts every aspect of our life. Even when your boss is ripping you up one side and down the other. Even when your boss says, wham. Or when a teacher student is giving you, you just never can let up. You're just like, oh my gosh, I can't. How do you look 
do you look like Jesus? When your integrity is being questioned, when your reputation is about to go down the gutter, how do you look? But Stephen just shines like an angel. Now he 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 just I, I just I love this man. I mean I'm like wow, you are just living it out, knowing he's about to get persecuted, knowing he's about to lose his life, knowing he's he's literally going to die one of the worst deaths. He just shines like an angel. Not only that. He's so full of the Holy Spirit. He, he so has filled himself up every day with the Holy Spirit. Every day he has gotten into in the, in, 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 in just relationship with Jesus that he is able to give one of the best defenses. I mean, he's literally able to give one of the best defenses that, that in, in, I just, I'm blown away by, by chapter seven. It's, it's one of the longest chapters in Acts, okay? And, and it's just as he goes on the defense, as he says, okay, you wanna know why I'm saying these things? Here's why. Here's why. The prophets that came before me, the prophets that came before Jesus, he's talking about Abraham, Moses, all those guys, okay? He goes, here's what you did. When God would send them, you didn't listen to them. And it caused some issues. You'd send the right people, but then God would send the right people, but then when he sent them, you would even ask, hey, send us the right man. Send us the one who's going to lead us. And we sent them. You didn't listen. You did the same thing to Jesus. And, and, and you wouldn't listen to them. They were trying to teach you a new way. You didn't listen. He goes on, talks about the law. He goes, in the law, Jesus came to redo the law. But, you know, the law for these Pharisees and, and these Sadducees, it was everything they had. It was like, hey, that is the one thing we have. It cannot change. We can't do anything different. Different scares people. They got a little upset about it. And then he hit the temple. You know, when, when they say, hey, he's talking about the temple, he would literally say, hey, you know what? Men worshiped God before there was a temple. Think about that. That means you don't have to have a building to worship God. You're like, well, I, what about the church? Well, the church is all of you. The church is all of you. Building doesn't say you're a church. All of you say we're a church. But they're like, but the temple is where everyone gets healed. And, 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 and Stephen's like, no, Jesus is how you get healed. When Jesus comes into your life, you get healed. You get the Holy Spirit to help you and move you down the path. They didn't like that. They're like, oh, no, 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 mm-mm. And then the final thing he says in seven, he kind of goes back to the Jesus part. And he goes, here's the thing. You did the same thing to Jesus 
that you did to all the prophets. You are the reason Jesus died. And they're like, what? And they were, he literally was like, hey, you treated Jesus just like you treated all the prophets before him. You neglected him. You spit in his face. You crucified him. But God's stronger than all of you. And he raised him three days later. And I'm paraphrasing there. But can you imagine? You are this religious elite. This man just attacked the temple, attacked your law, attacked your tradition, attacked you. These guys got irate. And so they pushed him off a cliff, off of a ravine. And typically that's, that's kind of, it says in the Bible they would, they would take him out of the city. They moved him out of the city. But if you study stoning in that day, they would actually kind of push you down into this lower kind of like a, a, a I want to say like a hole kind of thing, okay? And so if that didn't break your body, they would find stones and they would hurl them down at you until you died. And that's how Stephen passed away. They didn't like what he was saying because it attacked their tradition and their way of life. Because Jesus had changed him. Jesus had come to provide a new way and that's all he was saying. He's like, hey, this is, remember, it's the Holy Spirit talking through him at the whole time. He's like, hey, this is just the Holy Spirit telling me what to say. That's all. But they attacked him. They didn't like it. And so this is how this chapter finishes with Stephen. It says this. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Jesus Receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he said this, he fell asleep. You see, Stephen, in the midst of being stoned to death, saw God, saw Jesus, and then was able to forgive the men who were killing him. If Stephen is able to forgive the men who are killing him, if Stephen's able to do all that in one of the most uncomfortable situations any person could ever be put in, 
how come we can't be more like Jesus in our everyday life? How come people can't see us more in our everyday life? You see, God used this uncomfortable situation with Stephen. God put him in this uncomfortable situation. And the way he handled the uncomfort literally helped change the world. You see what happened after Stephen died? Guess who was there? Paul. Remember the Saul became Paul? One of the greatest men in the Bible? I have a hard time believing that Paul couldn't forget about what Stephen, how Stephen acted in that time. I have a hard time believing that what he saw and how he saw Stephen act didn't impact him coming to Jesus. Now, I know he came to Jesus on a road. I, I, I read the Bible, right? But I have a hard time that didn't impact him. He didn't think about that. But then not only that, but it caused a scattering all across the land. And churches started to spring up. And lives were changed. So the uncomfort and the death of Stephen helped change the world. Because of how he handled it. So what's this mean for you? I have a coach, a former coach, who used to say this. He said, you have to be uncomfortable to be the best you can be. And when you are uncomfortable, you have a chance. He goes, champions are uncomfortable. You see, because they don't like being normal. They don't like being average. So he was like, if you don't want to be average, if you don't want to, you've got to be uncomfortable. That means the work you do is uncomfortable. That means how you act is uncomfortable. That means when people are trying to tell you to live away, it might be uncomfortable to tell them no. But my, my former coach said, just be uncomfortable and you'll, you'll be a champion. But think about it. When we're uncomfortable, we have to rely on other people. We have to work together as a team sometimes. And when we're uncomfortable, when I'm uncomfortable, guess who I really need to lean into? Jesus. When I'm uncomfortable, I have to lean into Jesus. That's the only way I can handle things. That's the only way I will succeed. That's the only way Stephen succeeded. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He leaned into Jesus. And Jesus made everything okay. But you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. You have to be okay with being Jesus to the PTO president. You have to be okay with, with the coach that won't leave you alone and just be in Jesus. That, I'm not telling you to ease up and I'm not telling you to be weak. That is not what I'm telling you. I'm saying when Jesus infiltrates you, guess what? He will give you what you need to say to those people to handle the situation. Can I get an amen? Thank you. 
You see, when we every day will fill our lives with Jesus, he will help us handle the uncomfortable. It may not be the end we like. It may not be what we expected, but he helps us. In fact, he'll lead us through it. Just like he led Stephen through it. And maybe God's calling you to do something really crazy for someone. Maybe God's calling you to love someone. Maybe God's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and go love some people that are hard to love. I don't know. But if you will fill your life every day with Jesus and allow him to infiltrate every aspect of your being, he will lead you through it. As we close today, I'll finish with this. The last couple of weeks have been real uncomfortable for me. Just going through some craziness and, and it's just interesting. Like he's just, God's just kind of putting different ministry opportunities, like just helping people out, right? And typically he, he does that to me when I'm really stressed and really busy. He's like, oh, hey, I'm gonna let you not forget what this is about. Go serve that person. Oh, come on, I don't have the time. Go do this. Oh, Jesus, come on, please, I'm tired. Well, yeah, I, uh, I get it, Cam. Will you please be me to someone? I'm like, all right. But it's interesting, this, these last couple of weeks, and, and I have seen the face of Jesus more in the last couple of weeks than I have in a long time. Probably because I'm a little uncomfortable, right? And the opportunities to serve. But there's an opportunity that came my way via one of the schools. One of the schools called, uh, it's kind of neat that our church has a reputation for helping people. And, and they called me and said, hey, there's a family in need. And they actually called one of our people that went to our church and said, hey, can you handle this? And he's like, yeah, let me call Cameron. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'm like, great. And, but the cool thing about the person that called me, he, he held me accountable to make sure I called this person back. And I called this person back and she began to tell me her story. She began to tell me that she has two daughters who are very sick. And uh, they actually both have, well, I can't say that. They're just very sick. And uh, she began to tell me that, um, in fact, one of the daughters had to go live with the father and, and one had to stay because they can't be in the same room or same house. And so that was killing her. <laughs> and then she lost her job because she has to take her daughter to a hospital all the time and, and, and get help. And uh, financially, she was like, I don't know what we're going to do in August. Can you help me? And I was like, uh, I don't know why I say this, but I say this a lot. I was like, yes. I was like, just, we'll, I'll do whatever I can. And I was like, but I want you to know God's got this and we'll figure it out. I said, just be patient. And, um, 
she was like, okay. I said, I, I just, you know, just send me what you need. And she did that. She sent me this email. And I'm not kidding. The email, I mean, no, I, I couldn't believe the number. I was like, whoa, uh-oh. I was like, okay. I was like, I, I literally remember stopping going, God, I don't know what we're going to do, but you've got to take care of this. And I was like, I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't know how we're going to do this. It was uncomfortable for me. Okay. And um, I was also really busy. A lot of stuff happened and it was crazy. And I was like, just please move. And I remember having lunch with a gentleman the next day. And uh, he was sharing some things that were going on with his company and his business and how he was just really uncomfortable with where they were and just knew that God was kind of telling him to do some things, but he was uncomfortable with it because he's like, Cameron, I just don't know. He's telling me to do this and give some stuff away. And he's like, I'm turning business away. And, um, but I, I'm uncomfortable. I, Cameron, I don't know what to do. And I was like, man, just pray about it. All the time knowing, <laughs> okay, God, what are you going to do? But he, I didn't sense from the Holy Spirit um, that I needed to ask him about, hey, will you provide all this money for this person right now, please? Because I think God was setting some other stuff up. And let me tell you, it's not comfortable asking for people for money. I, I, it's just not. And so I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to pray. And then that mom called me and was like, hey, it's getting really bad. I, I don't know what we're going to do. I was like, okay. It was Tuesday this week. And I was like, all right, all right. I said, I'm working on it. It's just, I got to, I'm just letting God do what he needs to do. She was like, can he hurry? And I was like, <laughs> sure, sure he can. I called the person I had had lunch with. And I had called a couple other people too, but they didn't answer. You should always answer when I call. And, and I called and I said, hey, um, you remember, you know, you, what you were saying about um, being uncomfortable and, and God asking you to do some things? He goes, yeah, man, it's funny that you say that. God's really moving right now. And I'm like, awesome. I was like, um, I have a need. And he goes, man, tell me. I was like, I need you to provide for a month rent, utilities, food, and everything. And he goes, done. I said, why? And he goes, because God's telling me I need to do this and love people more. And I was like, for real? And he goes, yeah, you'll have a check tomorrow. And sure enough, I had a check the next day that's going to pay for all of her needs for the month of August. You see, that's loving people when it's uncomfortable. I had dinner with a person last night was explaining the story. This is how God moves. Remember how I said it wasn't the right time, right? Remember, you gotta be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're like, where are you going? Just hold on. It wasn't the right time for me to ask that person at lunch, right? Because I had to make some phone calls to get some other people thinking about it. I was at dinner with someone last night. I was explaining the story and he goes, man, do, do they still need help? I was like, yeah, they need September's done. And he goes, done, September's taken care of. 
You see, that's how God moves even when we're in the uncomfortable and when we're sensitive to what the, the Lord is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. God's got this. We don't need to do anything. All we have to do is love God and love others. That's his vision for you.